that word unschooling. It bothers a lot of people. Here's the thing. You don't have to use it, but I want to invite you to think about what the problem is. Truthfully, I had some issues with the term initially, and then I had more with some of the alternatives that others have put forward too. So let's talk about all of it. You can tell me in the comments if you agree or disagree. It's all okay. I'm Sue Patterson, and this is the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. Each week, I'm offering a few minutes of encouragement, a 10-minute pep talk for unschoolers or those considering it. I've been in this unschooling community for over 25 years, so I have a lot to share with you. And this week, I want to talk about that word, unschooling. A lot of people don't like the prefix. That's often one of the first arguments. People think that starting with the un prefix immediately starts us off with the negative. And when you really like unschooling, you don't want to put a negative spin on a positive concept. This wasn't one of my initial concerns because I could immediately come up with dozens of words that use the un prefix, but were quite positive. The origin of using that un prefix comes from John Holt using the term based on a 7-Up commercial in the 1970s. The actor, Jeffrey Holder, referred to the clear soft drink as the Uncola. It was a fun spin on something society was thinking positively about. And that laugh, I loved him. I can see wanting to tie into something like that. Holt went on to use the term in his magazine, Growing Without Schooling. But in 1977, he defined the word unschooling to mean taking children out of school, plain and simple, kind of like the commercial. Over at the blog post, I linked to that YouTube video showing you what this is all about if you're too young or you missed it, or you just want to hear Jeffrey Holder's voice again. So let's think about those unwords that are positive. I know it's a little weird to simply list them out here on a podcast, but I know that many of you won't make it over to the blog. So I have 20 of them listed over there, but here are a few of them. Words like unafraid, unbroken, undamaged undisturbed, unleashed, unfurled, unhurried, unselfish, unwavering. That's a nice list, right? Who wouldn't want to be one of these things? So the next part a lot of people have trouble with is the schooling, the root of the word. And I get it. This was the part I wasn't crazy about. Nothing in our lives related to school except our label. And as we came to embrace unschooling, we truly lived as if school did not exist. But not so with most of the world. Most of society sends their kids off to school. And if words are used to communicate more than simply label, then it has value to use it. It doesn't change what we do in our homes at all. Over the years, through magazines and email lists and and now social media, Parents have shared their dislike for the word unschooling, and as time has progressed, various people have become associated with the word unschooling, and while they've offered ideas to people who had never considered some of these more natural ways kids or all humans really learn, some were more liked than others. And I only bring this up because when someone hears something negative, true or untrue, in a homeschooling circle about a particular person associated with unschooling, then people think of unschooling negatively too. They end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. And that's unfortunate. So I was speaking at a conference years ago, and a mom said, I love the idea of unschooling, 
but I can't stand the word. Do I have to use it? Well, absolutely not. But as we talked, she clarified that it seemed too in your face for her to share with family members or friends who already thought leaving the school system to homeschool was radical enough. Calling themselves unschoolers would set her up for all sorts of eye rolling and ridicule. And a lot of this is part of the discomfort of stepping out on your own, walking away from conformity. Fear wants us to stay safe, avoid any kinds of confrontations. It's probably a good idea to not use the word with people we know have a history of teasing or bullying us when we make decisions that differ from them. And when we're new at something like unschooling and have a fairly shaky foundation, it's easy to be blown off track with a lot of arguments. Better to quietly learn what you need to know and gain some confidence before you engage with your naysayers. Another way to increase your confidence and be able to handle the critics in your life is to surround yourself with other parents opting for this unconventional approach as well. Talking with other moms and dads at various places on this unschooling journey can be so helpful. I have a private membership group where we share ideas and brainstorm with each other about what we've seen work, and I'm right in there too, helping find more possible solutions that I've seen over the years. I'll add the link to the show notes, but you can you can join us at suepatterson.com or unschoolingmomtomom.com because you really don't have to do this all alone. So why say unschooling? The most persuasive reason for using the word unschooling is for communication. When we're looking for others who choose this approach, we need a word to separate us from those who divide learning into subjects or operate from the more familiar teacher-led approach. The word unschooling helps us find resources that support this learner-driven connection and partnership priority that's synonymous with unschooling. A lot of people still don't like it, though. They ask if they use other words, is it still unschooling? And I always remind them that there are no unschooling police that are going to come in and call you out for using or not using the word If you want to use an alternative word, by all means do. And isn't that the way we want to approach life and learning in general? We're finding our own way through all of this, making choices that suit our families and our situations. I invite you to grow your confidence enough to stay flexible. You may change your mind. Watch for how these unschooling principles show up as you begin to implement this lifestyle. I used to say we kind of unschooled. And I had an unschooling friend who said, we're unschooling-ish. <laughs> but over time, I came to embrace the word. And that's why all of this is under the umbrella of unschooling mom to mom. I started that name back in 2012, 10 years ago. So it's not going anywhere. But those who've learned more through the unschooling resources that I share may or may not want to call themselves unschoolers. They may or may not want to call themselves moms either. But it's easy to find resources to help you create a kinder, gentler way to learn and help kids move through the world, gaining the skills and knowledge they really need or want. So do what's best for you, regardless of the labels. Still, if you're talking with doctors or therapists who may not get it, I'd call yourself homeschoolers. Let them make whatever presumptions they make. It often will let you off the hook and prevent you from having to engage in more conversation about this choice you're making. Less scrutiny is sometimes better. So on to the list of what else to call it. 
let me first say that the problem I have with most of these alternative words is that they're slightly off the mark. Child-led doesn't really take into account that the parent's very involved and the nuances needed to be successful at unschooling. Well, it implies passive parenting to me, and that's not it. Self-directed education has begun to include far more than a family-centric approach. So that can sometimes be problematic when talking with others. And other terms are not unique to those who have stepped away from the school system. Kids in school are lifelong learners too. So that's just food for thought as you consider your options. My standard alternative was that I would say, we use an experiential interest-driven approach it's backed up by all the most progressive educational research. Feel free to use it. So I asked my email subscribers what they say. Are you ready for the list? Here are the alternatives that people use. Whole life learning, self-directed learning, autodidactic learning, personalized learning, interest-based learning, interest-based mentoring, individualized learning, natural learning, lifelong learning, student-led learning, non-coercive learning, child-led learning, life schooling, mentoring, research-based education, unconventional approach to learning, progressive approach to learning, learning at their own pace, child interest schooling approach, learning through life experiences. And then others gave more explanation for how and when they use alternatives like place-based learning as it covers everywhere we are, home, park, arcade, theme park, bank, shops, up a tree, in a river, etc. Or the world is our classroom. Some say we tailor our approach to each child's needs, or it's an advanced way of naturally providing well-rounded education for the child. Someone shared that their teen daughter doesn't like the word unschool and finds it so difficult to describe what they do. She says homeschooled, but then always gets loads of curriculum and grade type questions. The mom added, it's definitely an odd one to navigate. But I find if people are genuinely interested, it's easy enough to explain more. She says things like learn at home together or individualized learning. And sometimes even my kids are pretty self-directed in their learning. Someone wrote saying they like the term preferred by their online support group for parents of 2E kids, SDE for self-directed education. She adds that she also likes interest-driven education and says she used learning, but he has school trauma right now. She can't say school or learning because the system used those terms too much, leaving him with strong negative associations with each of these words. Another mom wrote to say, I sometimes call it open source, on-demand, lifelong learning doesn't quite roll off the tongue, she said, but I love that it doesn't have the word school in it. Someone else added, when someone asks me what I'm doing and I don't want to deal with the negative feedback or judgment, I say that my kids learn from custom curriculums that are suited to meet their individual needs. Custom gives the notion that a specialist, which us as parents are, for that child has created a special learning plan just for them, and they wouldn't understand why or how it was made if they tried since it was done by an expert on that child. She adds, it's worked so far. 
this morning, someone wrote saying, what I call it is a bit of a mouthful, but I think it's a more accurate description, interest-based mentoring. Obviously, you can use any of the above or even pull some together for a unique combination. You can see it all written out at the blog if you want to refer to it again. Still, it's always a good idea to read the room. How much information does the person you're speaking to really want? How defensive of the status quo are they going to be? Are you in the mood to explain more or not so much? Do you just need to get past this question as quickly as possible to move on to the issues at hand, like at the doctor's office? Remember a few things. You are the parent. No one cares about the welfare of your child more than you do. You don't owe anyone an explanation of what you're choosing for your child's education. You're able to walk away from most conversations or at least redirect them like, this is what we're doing for now. I'll let you know if it changes. Or it's a family decision that we've read a lot about. I can send you some links if you're interested. Or I get it. It's different. But times like these have caused us to explore all our options. So I hope this helps you. And if you'd like to share an alternative, go ahead and leave it in the comments or send it to me at coaching at suepatterson.com. In the meantime, have a great week. Happy unschooling. And we'll talk again soon.